it's pretty cool, like, uh, doing what I do. Being a, a professor here and working with you in events like Fusion and Never Too Young and traveling in the summertime, it's, it's amazing to have people back. For example, our speaker today is Tim Beanstra. He graduated a couple years ago. He's a student ministries pastor at a church up in Napanee, Indiana. He was a Fusion executive. Um, his sister was a Fusion executive. And what marks a lot of these experiences is you, your leadership, your involvement, um, your energy. The thing about this event isn't how cool our building is, it's how amazing you are. And that's why you're such a big part of it. That's why we love it. I'll be honest, I've worked about four years to get Need to Breathe. All right, for four years I've been asked to get Need to Breathe and we finally got them for this year, which is pretty amazing. Um, but it's not Need to Breathe, there's not Antoine Randall L, our speaker, it's for the third time, it's you. You being involved, you connecting with students. Um, they see what it's like to be in our campus. They see what it's like to, to worship together. And that's the part of us at IWU that matters so much, is to see our culture, our identity, what it means to be in community with people who are fighting for the same thing. That's what makes this event so amazing. And that's what's so cool about the worship team today. They're all Fusion members or um, our, our three leaders. It's cool to see them take ownership and get involved. You'll hear more about that later at the end. But it is such a privilege to bring back one of your peers. Um, Tim helped us get over this major hurdle a long time ago when we brought Switchfoot in. And it was a time that we were really needing that next step and he led with his roommate, Keith Chapman, and Stacy Shaw, and those three people took us to a brand new level. And so it's such a privilege to invite Tim back to campus to speak to you. That's why we wanted him back here, was to be somebody who just left this place a couple years ago to come back and talk about what God is doing in his life now, but what God did in his heart and mind when he sat in the same seat you sitting right now. Father, right now I just ask for your presence today in chapel. As Tim comes to speak this morning, as we follow that up in a time of worship, I just ask today that again, you energize us. I know emotionally and socially and spiritually we're in that weird time of the semester, but I pray, Father, that it's an amazing opportunity for us to live through your power and your strength and to make a difference in other people. In your name I pray, amen. Help me welcome my friend, Tim Beenstra. <laughs> and it's good to be back. I graduated in 2012, I'm so glad. Like I sat where you were sitting and this is kind of weird maybe to some of you, but I literally like dreamt of being able to come back and speak to you. So like this is so big to me and uh, I'm, I'm pumped to be here with you today. Congratulations again to the Indiana Western basketball team. Like that is so huge. Where I'm from, it's Bethel territory and I just love to walk around with my head, my head held high and just say, we did it. We did it. Now, I'm just hoping that Michigan State can pull it out in the NCAA tournament. Denzel Valentine, player of the year for sure. He's my man. Uh, this fall, randomly one night, I'm sitting in my house. It was about 11.30 uh, p.m. I'm just sitting on my tush, hanging out. And I had a Forrest Gump moment 
And I was sitting on this couch and I thought to myself, man, I really feel like running. Randomly at, three, at 11.30, so I strap on all my running gear, head outside of my house, and quickly realize this was like the worst decision of my life. One, it's pitch black outside, and I live out in like the country, and so no, nothing's lit, so I'm like about to get hit by a car all the time as I'm, as I'm starting this run. It was one of the most muggy nights that I had ever run, and it felt like I was breathing in water. So I'm like doing one of those where you're like chugging along here, and I'm like living in Amish territory, and so Jebediah's sitting on his porch being like, that guy's struggling, you know, and like I'm just like chugging, chugging, chugging. I am so struggling at this point. My typical mile pace, if I'm out for a four-mile run, let's say, my typical mile pace, I like to stick around like the 730 mark. Like that's, that's good for me, and I, I like to stay around there. That night, I had my little like Nike run app going. I was running like 10-minute miles, just like the worst, and so I'm, I'm barely making it. And as I'm turning the corner into my fourth mile, I just finished three, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to have to walk the rest of the way home. Like, there's no way that I'm going to make it back another mile um, at, this, at this pace and where I'm going right now. I just felt depleted. My energy was gone. I was like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to make this fourth mile. So I turned the corner, and I'm heading down the street through town. And all of a sudden, as I, I, I turn this corner, I see this black shadow just start, like, coming towards me at, at a very quick pace. And I think this is strange. I'm like, is it my shadow doing weird things or lights or what's going on here? And so I'm like hesitantly like still running, like (gasps) hurting. And all of a sudden this black shadow gets into a little bit of light. And I realize it's a black pit bull running full speed at me at midnight. And I'm like freaking out. Like this was the worst idea in the world to run at this time of night. So sure enough, like this black demon shadow dog is like coming at me. It's just coming, and, and it's not backing down. It just keeps coming and coming. I, I start panicking. I'm like, I'm literally about to die. Like, uh, there's no way I'm getting out of this. This thing is just, you know, doing that thing where all legs were off the ground, just coming at me. I'm freaking out. So I, like, run out into the middle of the road, and I'm, like, trying to, like, see if it won't, like, come at me still. Sure enough, that black demon dog comes right out into the middle of the road. It's getting close to me, and so finally it's within attack distance. And so it's baring its teeth, you know, foaming at the mouth. This is what I pictured. It probably wasn't foaming at the mouth. Um, But this thing was, like, literally going to attack me. It was snarling and everything. And as it kept getting closer, the only thing that I could think to do, because I didn't have, like, a knife to shank it with, so I'm, like, sitting in the middle middle of the road, and I'm just, like, kicking at it, like, doing one of these, like, you know? And... um, I don't know why, in the craziness in the moment, I didn't know what to do besides, like, kick at it. And the only thing that came out of my mouth, like, normal people would probably, like, scream or, like, try to scare the dog away. The only thing that came out of my mouth during that moment was I was going, shh, shh. I was, like, shushing the dog. Like, that was going to work. I was like, this dog is literally just, like, going to kill me. It's got blood in its eyes, and I'm just going, shh, shh, you know. Jebediah is sitting on his porch. He's like, that boy's really crazy now. And um, so finally, like, like I said, we're in the middle of the road, and this semi is just barreling towards us. And so I'm like, do I get hit by the semi or do I get eaten alive by a dog? Um, tough choice. And so I, uh, I jumped out of the way. I went on one side of the street, and this demon dog uh, went on the other side as the semi like, came down the road. And I took off. Like, I was not waiting for this thing to come at me again. I just start booking it like my life seriously depended on it. I'm just chugging, 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 running, running, running as fast as I could, get to my door, open the door, slam it shut. I didn't look behind me. Um, 
and I turned off my Nike app, and I realized in that last mile I had ran a sub six minutes <laughs> in that mile. And, and the amazing thing to me, I thought I was done after those first three, three miles. I thought I didn't have anything left in the tank. There's nothing. I'm going to walk this thing home. And it ended up being by far my fastest mile of the night. There was so much more, so much more inside of me. Now, you've probably heard this passage a billion times. It's a, it's a favorite. A lot of people like to get tattoos of it, uh, which is cool. <laughs> um, it's in Ephesians chapter 3, and Paul's praying over the Ephesians. He's praying over the Ephesians. This is what Paul says at the end. Now to him, talking about Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I love this scripture. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is just as relevant for us today, that he, Jesus Christ, is capable of doing immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine happening in your life. And through the power that's at work within you, when you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, Paul's saying you don't understand the power that you have. You can do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. Now, like I said, I graduated in 2012, and I loved my four years here at Indiana Wesleyan University. It was the most uh, shaping period of my life. I had incredible opportunities to see God moving and shaping me during those four years. But when I look back, I was slightly convicted of my time spent here at Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, between my junior and senior year of college here, I took an internship at the church that I now work at, and um, we were at breakfast at the beginning retreat of this internship that I did over the summer. And one of our supervisors asked the question, he said, what is your greatest achievement up to this point? Like, what, what's something that you're really proud of that you, you've accomplished at this point? And we went around the table, and the other eight interns started answering the question, and it came around to me. And after three years of spending time here at this university, the two things that came up to my mind was, well, I ran a half marathon when Hudson Hall used to throw the half marathon. I did that. Like, that was kind of cool. Uh, in my Greek Bible class, I translated the whole book of James um, word for word, which that was cool. Like, I thought that was a neat thing to do. And the Spirit, after that time, just came down on me hard. He said, Tim, you've spent three years, three years in a place. And not only just any place, you spent three years in a Christ-centered community where you have 3,000 plus other students surrounding you that, that, that claimed Christ as well. And so... In three years, your greatest accomplishment is that you ran a half marathon, that you translated the book of James. And in that moment, I just felt like the Spirit said to me, Tim, like, I have so much more for you. I have immeasurably more planned for you than what you've accomplished up to this point. I want you to chase after me with your whole heart. I want you to get involved. I want you to change lives in the rest of your time at Indiana Wesleyan University. And so I want to challenge you this morning first with this thought. What is your greatest achievement that you've accomplished here, freshman to senior? What, what have you done in your time here? Have you allowed God to do that immeasurably more than he wants to do inside of you uh, in, in the time that you've been here? God has so much more planned for you. 
Can I give you a little bit of an outsider's perspective on Indiana Wesleyan? So um, being out almost four years now, the only two things that I've heard about our campus and our university in this past year, these are the only two things I've heard about. One, the FNL uh, fiasco thing and, and the controversy that surrounded that, and the age change and how old you have to be to live off campus, and how these were just crazy injustices that were happening against the student body. Those were the only two things I know about Indiana Wesleyan over the past year. And I know there's amazing things going on. I know God's working in a lot of your hearts and your lives, but, but can I challenge you this morning that, that I will, God has immeasurably more he wants to do in you. Immeasurably more. Those of you that were just so riled up about this injustice about FNL or this age thing, maybe take that, that justice that you have inside your heart and, and use it for the kid that lives two blocks away from the school that doesn't have a father figure in his life, that doesn't have the same opportunities you did when you grew up. Maybe God wants to do immeasurably more with that sense of justice that you have in your heart. There's so much more that God wants to do inside of you. Senior year, I was sitting in the townhouses. That's where I lived. And we had a Bible study of a group of guys. There was like 20 or so of us that would get together. And we'd just kind of like challenge and walk through life with one another. And uh, I'll never forget one night, we had been doing this for a while, there was a guy named David Torrey. He was a, a year younger than I was. He was a junior at the time. He finally got so fired up one night. He looked at all of us and he, guys, he said, guys, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? We literally meet every week and we talk about Jesus and we're talking about what this verse means to me and what that verse means to me. But what are we doing? I think God wants to do so much more in this group. I mean, there's 20 of us here that are dedicated and saying we want to follow Jesus with our whole lives, but we're not doing anything we got to go out. we got to go out and get involved with the world around us. Such an incredible challenge for me. Now, one of the, the biggest, the hardest things in this is we don't want to get to the place where, like, just got to do, 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 do all these things. Like, it's good that the challenge to do immeasurably more, but there's something that precedes that. And if you look at different stories throughout Scripture, look at Moses. Moses was this incredible figure that we all look up to. He, he led the Israelites out of Egypt. He helped split the Red Sea. I mean, he led the people through the wilderness. I mean, Moses is this stud figure in our Bible. But you know what preceded that? Moses had an incredible moment with the burning bush, and he, he heard the voice of God, and he sat, and he listened to the voice of God. He would go into the tabernacle and be with Jesus and hear from Jesus and allow Jesus to tell him and dictate where he was going and what that immeasurably more was. Look at Samuel. He was a servant of Eli. He was a servant of Eli, and, and, and at some point, he just like, did incredible things. He, he anointed the first king of Israel. He led the Israelites into battle and won these battles. I mean, Samuel was a big stud. But what preceded all that immeasurably more that God did in his life, it was him being in the presence of God and listening to the Father's voice. There's this moment where God's calling to Samuel. And I love Samuel's response. He says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. Peter. Look at Peter from the New Testament. I mean, he's kind of the rock. He's the founder, one of the founders of the early church. He performed countless miracles he helped bind the Jew and the Gentile together and, and work through that. I mean, Peter's a big deal. God did immeasurably more. It's not like Peter woke up one day and was like, you know what? I think I'm going to start a church, you know? Like, God put that vision on his heart. But again, before Peter did all of this, he sat and was with Jesus. 
He was with Jesus. And even before that Jew and Gentile thing, God came to him in a vision, and and Peter listened to that vision. And so my second question is, are you spending time with Jesus? Are you spending time with him? Are you listening to his voice because he is speaking to you? God desperately wants to speak to you. One of the questions I get all the time when working with high schoolers is, I just don't feel like I'm hearing the voice of God. I, I, I don't think God's speaking to me. And I'm guessing a lot of us in this room would be like, yeah, I've, I've experienced that as well. Like, how do I know like, what God wants me to do? What is that immeasurably more that he wants to do inside of me? Can I tell you that he is speaking to you? And it comes in so many different forms. So many different forms. The best analogy I ever heard for it once was um, this idea, like, right now in this room, can you hear any music? No, right? Like, we don't hear any music. But right now in this room, there is music present in this room. And if we had a radio and we were able to tune it just right, we'd hear different stations. You'd hear Fetty Wap on, on the radio right now. You'd be hearing Oceans for the one billionth time on the radio right now. Um, there's music all around. So it's going on. It's just not, we're not necessarily tuned in to what it's speaking to us and what, what music is playing in this room. Same thing with God's voice. We might not just be tuned into it. You have to spend time. You've got to spend time and be with Jesus to hear his, and know his voice. In high school, I had the opportunity to go on this amazing houseboating trip. I mean, we're on the, the border of Tennessee and Kentucky, and I mean, this thing was incredible. So incredible, uh, beautiful. One day, my youth pastor said, hey, we're going to go to a special spot. And so we load up on the boats, and we head to the spot, and we turn around this corner, and right there, we see these cliffs. And I'm like, yes! Like, I'm kind of an adrenaline guy, so um, we were going cliff jumping that day, and I got so pumped up. Immediately, I went up to this 55-footer uh, edge and just jumped off without any care in the world. Did that a few times. I would, I would jump and come back up and jump and come back up. And it got boring after a while, and I even leaned over to my friend, Mitch, and he's like, he's like hey, man, um, I double-dog dare you to do a flip off the 55-foot cliff. And I looked at him, and I said, consider it done. I walked up on top of that 55-foot cliff. And I stood there for a few seconds thinking again, like, is this the end of my life? This may be a terrible thing. But I double-dog dared, so I'm like, I got to do this. And out of the, uh, my group, the whole youth group that was there, they were kind of down in the water. And um, I think they could tell. I was just standing at the edge, just like really struggling whether to jump or not. And my youth pastor and the people on the trip knew me pretty well. And so they were like, he's probably going to do something stupid. And so from the water, as I'm sitting up here contemplating my life and what I've achieved at that point, um, I I hear my youth pastor's voice yell up at me from the water, Tim, don't do it. You're going to kill yourself and ruin the trip for everybody. (laughs) And I'm not sure this happened either, but I'm pretty sure all the girls on the trip were yelling up at me like, Tim, don't do it. We love you. You know, and like... And I'm hearing all these voices yelling up at me. And then one voice pierced through them all. My dad was on this trip. And my dad, abundance, all the other voices goes, Tim, you gotta do it. (laughs) In that moment, I knew my father's voice. I knew my father's voice. And I chose to listen to it. So sure enough, I'm at the edge, and I just jump off. And you know, at that height, you got to plan your flip right. You can't just do it all at once. And 
that's going to be end painfully. So I'm like trying to plan as I'm falling through the air, like how I'm going to turn slowly. And so sure enough, I'd done a little diving in my past. And so I was like flipping, flipping, flipping and made it completely around. Like I was up like this and I started shouting, yes. But in the middle of that, I realized, oh, I'm still turning. And so <laughs> boom, straight up belly smacked in that moment. Just straight up, I mean, it was, it was ugly. It was so ugly. Air got knocked out of me. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was missing teeth, you know? Like, I'm not joking. I, I came out of the water and I started looking for my teeth because I'm like, they're gone for sure. And my dad is the first one swimming to me because he's like, gosh, my mom's going to kill me or her mom's going to kill me because I let you do this. And he gets up to me and I'm like, still like <gasps> trying to breathe. And he goes, are you all right? And I just looked at my dad and I said, I had to do it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the cool thing is this, guys. My dad knew me. Knew me better than anybody else on that trip. And he knew if I didn't do that, I would regret it. My dad knew that that was the best thing for me to do in, in the moment, even though it ended so painfully. My dad knew me. And he spoke to me. And I listened to his voice. And I want to I, I leave you with this challenge this morning. Again. God wants to do immeasurably more because he knows you. And he's got a specific thing here. Don't waste these four years. Don't waste these four years. I, I seriously, I think so many times in the college mindset, we get to thinking like future. You think like, man, what am I going to do in the future job-wise? I got to get the right internships. I got to meet the right people. Uh, we start thinking through marriage, like all that kind of stuff. And hopefully not kids at this point. Um, but... I, we just start thinking so future, so future, and we miss the now. And God wants to do immeasurably more in your lives right now in the time that you have here at Indiana Wesleyan University. And the best way to get in tune with what he has for you is to spend time with him and listen for his voice. He knows you, and he's going to speak to you. Are you, are you willing to take the time to spend time with Jesus and get away and listen? The B side of things always becomes before the do. B comes before do every time. And if you spend time with Jesus, I guarantee you that the do side of things, this immeasurably more, is just going to flow naturally out of that relationship that you have with him. And he's going to lead you into incredible places and incredible things. Can I pray for us this morning? Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to come here and just be with my people, Lord. And um, God, I'm thankful for the, what this community was to me. And God, I'm thankful for what this community is today. And Jesus, I pray by your power that is at work within us that you would do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. God, you are so good. And Jesus, I pray that we take seriously this time that you've given us, this season. It's not a coincidence that we're here in this season, Lord. You've got plan. You have a vision. And God, I pray that as we spend time with you, the fact that those things that, that you have planned for us would just flow naturally out of that relationship with you, Jesus. God, empower us by your Holy Spirit. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen.